Catherine Constantinides is in the building. <laughs> so finally, so awesome to finally meet you. Um, we actually went to the same school. Yes, we did. We are alumni of Mondial High. See? <laughs> Good people. Susie didn't believe me. Yeah, that's very cool. But I want to know, has Mrs. Nicola called you to come speak at the school yet? No, I haven't. I haven't been privileged enough to get that invitation, oh, but I'm waiting. Don't coming. worry. I forced mine. Mine didn't happen by chance. I literally mentioned on the radio for like two years and then stalked her on social media. Um, I even uh, DM'd her daughter so, like it was hectic. So I'm sure it'll come if you're determined enough. <laughs> but I mean, I imagine you're very busy. For those who don't know, what does Catherine Constantinides do? I am a nation builder, human rights defender, and international climate yes. activist. Yes. Wow. yes. And then what does that mean on the daily? So on the daily kind of like for example this week I was going to be at home this entire week but it looks like I will be heading out to Zambia on Thursday I'm going to go and work in a refugee camp north of Zambian province it is a Congolese refugee camp and my work is very much humanitarian based so Mm -hmm. I work specifically to drive how do we build our continent how do we build our country and for me a very special project is working with the Sahrawi refugees in North Africa and fighting for the self-determination of the people of Western Sahara and that's what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks yes literally camping in the desert yes i live in the i live in the sahara desert with the saharawis with my families there and uh your family yes my saharawi family they are my other people and i have over the years adopted an entire well several families but i live with my family four children and um i I'm determined that in my lifetime, those children will get to go back to Western Sahara, a country that in 2019 is still illegally occupied by Morocco Mm. and is under colonization. And this is, for me, just a complete inhumane um, atrocity. And it can't be that a violation of people's human rights Mm. continue to carry on like this on our watch. So on the daily, what does that what does that entail? What how are you contributing to the fight? So I do a lot of lobbying, both in Geneva at the UN Human Rights Council, Mm -hmm. and I also use the work that I do, having lived in the Sahrawi refugee camps, understanding the daily life of these people. I use my platform to write, to write opinion pieces, to talk out, to use platforms like this to share knowledge. We don't know what we don't know. Mm. And if you do know something, you should say something. And so for me, knowing what I know, firsthand experience, I'm obliged to do what I can to fight for the Sahrawi people and to make sure that I use my platforms for impact and for good. I think a lot of people don't know so in just a bit i'll ask you if you can paint a picture for us i mean sure. you're gorgeous literally i'd never imagine that she lives in the desert <laughs> so you'll paint the picture for us so we can all get into the know we're hanging out with Catherine constantinides if you've got any questions 082-550-5151 it's Garkin on five. It's called All Night, 16 after four. If you just tuned in, welcome to it. It is the Tabuti Drive. You can hashtag Tabuti Driver on Twitter. Hanging out with the beautiful Catherine Constantinides. She's a climate activist, human rights defender, a trailblazer, and an agent of change. We're discussing it off air, uh, but for pretend for a second. Well, don't pretend. We know nothing. <laughs> so enlighten us. What is it that you are doing and why are you doing it? 
Sure. So in North Africa, we all know of Morocco. Morocco is right in the corner. And um, if you go directly south of Morocco, there's actually a country called Western Sahara. Mm -hmm. Directly south of that is Mauritania. So Western Sahara is wedged between these two countries. And in 1975, there was an armed conflict that started because Morocco invaded from the north, Mauritania from the south. And people say, but why? And the easy answer to the question is resources. Yeah. And the Western Sahara has the richest deposit of phosphates in the world and also has a very rich fishing coast. And so those are reasons mm. for this illegal occupation. Mm-hmm. And in 1991, the UN called for a ceasefire and said, we'll set up an entire UN peacekeeping envoy that will set up a referendum within six months. Mm. And... 28 years later, we're still waiting for the referendum to happen. But the Sahrawi refugees who were set up in a temporary refugee camp 43 years later are still there. And they've been forgotten by the world. And sadly, they've been forgotten by Africa. And I mean, paint a picture for us. I mean, you said off air the longest period of time you've spent at once is around six to seven weeks. What is a day like there? A day is very long. So if we have to think of today specifically, we're going into summer season Mm. in North Africa. So in the Sahara Desert, it would be freezing cold in the morning. You'd wake up um, probably around six, seven, eight o'clock, depending on what you do in the camps. But the days are very long. It can go up to about 50 degrees. Sure. And you must understand that the people are living in actual tents and in like mud dwellings. So the sand dwellings that they're living in are there as part of a system where in the day they will stay yeah, in yeah. those dwellings yes. and then at night they will go into the tents. And there is very little electricity. So electricity has only come into the camps probably about in the last 18 months to two years. Mm. Wow. And the rest of the camps that don't have electrification are still using solar. And so they all have a very small little solar pad that they will move around in accordance to the Mm. sun. And they live a very basic existence, an existence where women are the stronghold of Mm. these camps. They're very powerful and they are making sure that the Sahrawi people can live off of just the food aid that they get, Mm. the water aid that they get. And they're trying to make sure that they continue to keep people positive, focused and inspired to fight for their self-determination against an occupation that has lasted for more than four decades. That's ridiculous. But I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons, you'd be passionate about this. Firstly, how did you find out this was happening? (laughs) That's a mistake. I should never have known about the Sahrawi people. (laughs) I should never have known about the Sahrawi people, but they found me. Cut a long story short, the king of Morocco invited me to speak at a conference. Oh, sounds fun. Not knowing, (laughs) not knowing, I didn't know where I was going or what I was going to do. Cut a very long story short, I was not keen to go because I've had very bad experiences in North Africa many years ago when I was younger. And one day when I have time, I'll write an entire book just on that. Mm. But I... I was going to go to Dakhla where this conference was being hosted and I got a call from the presidency of South Africa saying if you go to this conference in Dakhla, you will go against the will of the state. We don't want you to go. And then I realized that I'm just an ordinary person in a bigger frame of Mm, scheme of of things things. and something doesn't feel right. And within 24 hours of that call, I got a call from a man who said, I'm Ambassador Mohammed of the the people of Western Sahara. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to ask you to come and to live with us and to understand who we are and to understand what our plight is. Well, it's been a very long journey to get you to where you are uh, today. I, I think the very first time I heard your name was when you won Miss Earth. 
and it was a big deal. I think I was still in school. What year did you win, Mister? In yeah, it's a long time ago. You were probably. Still, <laughs> I think I was still in school. <laughs> But literally, first time I heard your name, we're going to speak all things pageants and how you move, you know, from being a pageant queen to really a change maker in the world. Catherine Constantinides hangs out with us. Here's Ladies Amar. This is Love on Five. It's Jack and Jack, Barcelona. Also played you Ladies Amar with This is Love. 27 minutes after four, we're hanging out with South African earth warrior and social justice activist. Was this always a plan? Did you think you'd always sort of move in this direction? I don't know. I, I, I think it's been a very organic journey. I always knew I wanted to be the president of South Africa as oh, a little really? girl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, changing the world around me was always part of who I was growing up. As a child, that was who I was. Is this still a dream? Do you still want to be the president of South Africa? I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I always want to be able to serve my country. And that's that's the dream. And uh, I mean, another question is uh, incredible work you're doing in the Sahara Desert. But why there and not here? So I do extensive work here. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, often I'm so involved in the work I do here. It's not always a matter of trying to highlight specific issues, but doing the work on the ground. So um, tomorrow we're extensively involved in programs uh, in KZN, next week in the Eastern Cape the entire week. So the work here at home is first. South Africa is first. But I... When I found out about Western Sahara and having lived amongst the Sahrawi people, who are also now my people, Mm. I can no longer go to bed at night knowing that I have not done something. And South Africa will only be as strong as its neighbors. This is true. And we cannot, as a nation, having gone through such a dark and painful history, we can no longer turn our backs Mm. on knowing what the Sahrawi people are suffering and do nothing. And really, most of Africa, is it not so? Uh, In February, you took part in uh, the Sahara Desert Marathon. Yes. And you were saying <laughs> off air how you're not by any means an athlete. No, I'm not an athlete. I'm not a a anything like that. Yeah. Nothing. And I decided to do it to raise awareness for uh, victims of landmines. Mm-hmm. In the Sahara Desert, there are between 5 to 10 million active landmines still in the ground today. Sure. And unfortunately, people are maimed by those landmines. And so as a board member of the Sahrawi Human Rights Commission, I had to think of what could I do to really highlight a cause. People don't talk about landmines. And mm. South Africans especially, we don't know landmines. Mm. And so I spent a lot of time learning and staying with people who are victims of losing their limbs. And I'm privileged to have all of my limbs Mm. and they work. So I tried to physically challenge myself. So the Sahara Marathon was it. Do you think word is getting out there that people are sort of getting the gist of what this is all about? I think it's been a really, really long journey. But absolutely, I I definitely see a change in reaction, a change of understanding. And uh, unfortunately, we just need so much more awareness and drive. Mm. But we continue and we push forward. And every day, one mind changed and one mind enriched by knowing something they didn't know is important. I mean, the work that you do is incredible. I can imagine you piss a lot of people off in the process. (laughs) Uh, In fact, you got abducted. She's going to tell us that story on the other side of news and sports. It's Black Motion. Teaming up with Brendan Praise, Joy Joy on 5FM. 36 minutes after four. If you just tuned in, we are hanging out with Catherine Constantinides. She's a climate activist, a human rights defender, a trailblazer, and an agent for change. What kind of music does she listen to, though? We'll find out in just a bit. She's going to choose our backtrack today, which will play just after 5 p.m. Before all of this, um, would you say Mr. Earth was your first sort of, I don't know, I don't know, it's the first time people really knew of you? 
Absolutely. I think, and you know, when, when I was Miss Earth, it was a, a really quite a while ago, but for me, it was also just such an incredible opportunity. And I think it doesn't matter how big or small an opportunity is, you've got to make the most of it. I never knew it would become so much part mm. of my life. It would become a foundation from which I would get to do so many incredible things. I mean, you are like the original Miss Earth. Like, you know, when, yeah. they, say, when they say Coca-Cola... <laughs> when you mean any other drink, but you say Coca-Cola, you uh-huh. are it. What, what made you intimate Earth? You know, I, I, I grew up um, in a very, very humble home where a lot of the time and the most special time spent with my dad was in our garden. Mm. And he he taught my sister and I how to, to protect the environment. And he gave us this huge sense of responsibility that we had to protect the earth and Mm. we had to look after it. And he taught us the name of every grass and leaf and plant and tree and everything. And I think that my passion for the environment really grew and stemmed from the kind of responsibility my dad gave us as little children. And from gardening to being abducted (laughs) in Egypt, what on earth happened? (laughs) You know, it was a long time ago. I was about 18 Sure. And um, cut a very long story short. Like I said, one day I have to write a book. Mm. I think you were right. She should make a movie mm. of this. Abduction <laughs> needs to be a movie. Like Taken, but like the African yeah. version. Tatsile. Tatsile. It was like Taken. Yeah. Um, cut a long story short. We don't often realize that by simply giving somebody your passport, you give away your life. Mm. And... It was a matter of somebody telling me, oh, your passport wasn't correctly stamped and, you know, you need to give us back your passport. But realizing later on when I was told I had been sold that I was part of a human trafficking syndicate and something that was far greater than than I could even fathom. And as a young girl getting angry and not understanding why on earth people would keep my passport from me and keep me from being able to move um, and then holding me because I was getting angry and they would then hold me hostage under uh, lock and key. It was a horrific experience. Where did they keep you? They kept me in, uh, it was part of a resort that was there and I was in this resort and they had me there in a room. But um, I knew at one point, I knew I was going to die, but I had two choices. I was either going to die behind a high wall belonging to a man who believed I was an object or I was going to die trying to get home. So in essence, they sold you off. True. And then you said you wrote a note for someone you thought was a CNN reporter? Yes, I wrote a note. Oh my gosh. And I gave it to a man who um, I managed to come into contact with. And he helped to smuggle me out of the desert and get me back to the city. And it was a case of I I hallucinated a lot. I was in and out of consciousness. Um, The heat, not eating, not drinking, being in that space. I eventually did get to the city and there were two incredible human beings who I'm still in touch with. Uh, Michelle and Sunny who were from they were Filipino but they were living in the US so you, you're I, pretty gangster you're, you're pretty gangster <laughs> uh, yeah. um, that's an incredible story uh, so. I mean with life events that, like, like that that happened to you interested to know what kind of music you listen to we'll find out what <laughs> Catherine's backtrack is in the meantime Pink Hustle on 5 it's Pascal and Pierce Lockinville I got you, babe 15 minutes before we hit 5 o'clock. 
Today's backtrack will be courtesy of Catherine Constantinides. We'll find out which song uh, she selected, but she's still very much involved with Miss Earth. Correct, yes. And entries close this week. Entries close this week. And this is really a leadership program for young South African women who want to either give back to communities. They want to be involved in volunteering their time and learning about how to be more sustainable. We only have one place to call home, and that's Earth. And if we don't start thinking about our footprint and what we're doing on a daily basis, we're going to have a problem. So this is an incredible platform and uh, opportunity for young women. And if you do want to participate or know more, you can go to Miss Earth underscore SA on Instagram or Twitter and all of the info is there and you can be a part of a great leadership program. And I mean, you say leadership program and I think Miss Earth or here Miss Earth, I think pageant. Mm-hmm. It's still a so, pageant. So actually, uh, young women are judged in accordance to the community work that they do okay, and on what kind of impact that they've had and how they're able to communicate. So the strength of communication and it's a leadership program because they get extensive workshops on how to to be an ambassador, how to go out and to transfer information, how to educate communities. We really teach young women through this program to be agents of change within their communities. How do they, as the center of a community, mm. change the environment around and I mean, you have to be a certain height, all the, the usual pageant So you don't have to be a certain height. So I can Actually, enter. You, you have to be a certain enter. age. You have to be between 18 and 28. And the one requirement is oh. that you have to have finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have finished matric. That's Wait, so not fair. Hold on. I'm 28, technically. <laughs> then you must enter right now. So, I mean, it's 28 before, like, before your birthday. Coming? Yes, exactly. Yeah, my birthday is in June. I can still enter. Uh, you're winning. You're I winning. think we're <laughs> 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 by, the time, by the time they announce the winner, Tando, you'll be 29. No, that's not the point. It's that's by the time before, you enter. Before, when you enter, yes. He's just jealous. Okay, <laughs> I think we're entering Miss Earth. Ben, please uh, take a note there. And, and I think everyone on the show is going to actually help me um, enter because I have to do community work. Yes, so I'll rope do. them all in and we can all do... Co- yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're doing the community for work for you. Yes. This is called leadership. No, this is leadership. No, guys, I am leadership. <laughs> Listen to me. We're actually doing... Uh, well, not similar, but we also uh, have something called the Five Squad where we basically looking for new young on-air talent to join uh, 5FM. And obviously, you do this kind of stuff a lot. (laughs) So do you have any advice for them? Um, I think the most important thing is to find what is authentic to you, what makes you tick, Mm -hmm. and go and do that. Do that one thing. Don't try and be someone else. Be who you are and and really focus and harness who you are. I think the best thing that you can wake up and do is try and be better than who you were yesterday. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And no one can be you like you can be you. Exactly. We're hanging out with Catherine Constantinides. What kind of music do you listen to? Do you party? Do you like normal, (laughs) non-activist, non-changing the world things? I I love spending like downtime is at home and it's really just chilled. Uh-huh. Um, love love music, love South African music especially, and um, that really keeps me inspired. Especially when I'm on the other side of the world, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Um, I always always love making sure I have my South African music with me. Well, Catherine chose our backtrack for today. It sounds a little something like this. Okay, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> So Backtrack, obviously, uh, is created because music has that power, right, to transcend you to a specific place, a specific time, maybe even a feeling. Where does this track take you back to? So this track takes me, you know, I I would often, when this track was still really hot and was the track, every time I needed to hear it, I would turn on the radio and the song was on. And obviously you tune into 5FM. Oh, every time I tune into 5FM, this was the track. And uh, the... 
I would I landed up being on the other end of the earth and I had a really difficult trip and was trying to get home but had about 12 layovers all over the place oh my gosh. and landed up standing behind this unbelievable man I was like oh my word black coffee and I got <laughs> onto the plane and the first song I heard was this we track dance again. and um, I got home that on that trip and as I got into the car to to make my way home and there this it was, was the again. same track again so it's oh just got my a gosh. lot of memory for me Oh, got a couple of voice notes coming through for you. Okay, not coming through. Are they not coming through for him? No. Oh. Basically, this guy was asking how it is that you make a living if this is what you're doing. Okay, so um, Bongani, the, the answer to that is I work really hard. I do a lot of other work. I do a lot of corporate work, speaking at uh, different things and do a lot of strategic work for corporates as well. Mm-hmm. I then save my money and make sure that I can do this humanitarian work. It means so much to me. I do spend my own money to to make the trips, to fly where I need to. And, and I mean, are there no corporates uh, behind you that come and support oh, the work that difficult. you do? This is something that is so politically sensitive that mm. people, you know, I can't really stand in the back in the middle of the sand with a, a banner. I stand in the sand, but not with a banner. Corporates don't want, you know, there's no mileage because mm. there's no people mm. there. So it's a difficult one. Um, private funding, people who believe in my work and are prepared to support my work, that's really important to me. And I I will continue doing this until the Sahrawi people go home. Well, all of 5FM is listening right now. Is there any way that South Africans can help in your fight? I think the most important thing is I, I need the strength in numbers. So I want people to understand Understand what is going on and I, I ask South Africans there's a hashtag that the Sahrawi people use it's called stand in the sand and stand this the sand. this is a solidarity movement for them to see that people around the world support them mm. and so I'm a huge driver of this and if you go to Instagram or, or Twitter where, where I'm active you'll find the hashtag stand in the sand quite actively so if you've listened to this and you've heard something that you didn't know before I ask you to you can tag me change agent essay but you Use the hashtag stand in the sand and let's give a little bit of hope mm. to the Sahrawi people who are not only in the refugee camps, but those in the occupied territory and those around the world that are fighting for their freedom. And I think if, if people support the work that I do, that for me is the wind beneath my wings. This I mean, is not an easy journey. If we had, you know, if everyone was like you, the world would be a better place. Oh, Legit, really speaking. In fact, I'm, I'm very keen to help out wherever I can. The powers that be hopefully are listening. <laughs> We're hoping to do a, a Woody Drive edition that's it from uh, the from the desert yes uh, hopefully we can make it happen otherwise anything and everything else I'm able to help with I'm in we're gonna stand in the sand together we're gonna in stand the in the sand desert. we're putting it out there yes and um, the energies will will come back ladies and gentlemen the amazing the beautiful <laughs> Catherine Constantinides <laughs> uh.